there's a flip side to that coin. What if you do got me boxed in? Then I gotta put you down. Because no matter what, you will not get in my way. We've been face to face, yeah. But I will not hesitate. Not for a second. Maybe that's the way it'll be. so good listen uh, <laughs> yes triple c ah uh, pianos listen world that's a phenomenal intro saxophone it don't get no better than that we working we work <laughs> we've been working you hear me we're gonna keep you on your toes we're gonna hey, listen y'all. every episode it's gonna be different every time you 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 like sign boom we're gonna switch it up we're gonna switch it up listen world what's up we back it's your boys Silverback Chronicles Podcast, your boy Big H. I got my brother Dre. What it is. What's good, baby? Chilling, my brother. How are you? I can't complain. Everything is well. Just uh just working hard. You know how we do. That's all we do. Every day, all day. That's it. Triple C. Yo. How you feeling? Maintaining chilling, bro. My man. Usual. Oh man, it's been a phenomenal week. Uh just working hard, man. Uh I just wanna take this time to just uh thank the Lord, man. Listen, we blessed. Amen. We bless. Absolutely. You know, thank the Lord. Just keep your angels around. Everybody, our families, you know, uh, all our brothers and sisters in blue, first line, all our uh, medical workers. Yeah. Just keep everybody under your wings, man. I realize when you work hard, you stay out of trouble. Absolutely. It's a blessing. It's a beautiful thing. It don't get no better than that. But um, let's get into it. Uh, right away We'll get a shout out to Stopbox Alright ladies and gentlemen Listen Don't ever forget The discount code is Silverback Podcast All caps And that is Stopbox USA Told you about the new hot pink color That on top of the other colors They got coming out It's simply phenomenal Safe storage for your firearms Every handgun fits in it Every handgun 1911 Smith & Wesson Glock Whatever you have, sig, fits, comfortable. At least with, it, it, with two extra mags and you good. That's it. That's it. Protect your families. Please do. That's it. And you get a phenomenal 20% discount from your boys here in blue. Silverback Chronicles Podcast. Because we love you. Don't forget that discount code. All caps. Silverback Podcast. Don't forget. Also want to give a shout out. Triple C. What we yeah. got well, for everybody, all my all, all my brothers that got beards, beard palm. What we got in the house? Today? I got a beard. Envy skin. Let me give a shout out to Envy Skin. We got perfect products for your beard, for your beard, 
It'll groom yourself. It smells amazing. I actually got two of them right here. So thank you, Envy uh, Skin. I appreciate you. Shout yeah, out to them. definitely appreciate that. Word. What else? We got them, my more? brother. I want to shout out everybody. I love everybody. Yeah. We love everybody. Listen, we love you. Keep listening. Listen. Keep sending in the uh, ba- blocks, the badges. Keep sending everything. And a uh, shout out to everybody that's listening to right now. Listen, we bubbling. <laughs> we are bubbling. You hear me? And listen, and we always give shout out to um, what was that? What was that place where they do everything besides your roof? Ooh, you know what? I'm not gonna say something. Maybe the, maybe the owner. <laughs> maybe he can say something about it. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we got a special guest tonight. Oof. It was something like first. Is it first choice? First choice. Am I getting that right? I think it's called first choice. First choice. Because like, if I have a problem, it's like, oh, I'm going to call this person because that's my first choice to get hold of them. Because I know it's going to get done right. Absolutely. Am I wrong or am I right? Or is this, whatever, what is it? That's the way it should be, puppy. That's the way it should be. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> first, All right. First choice home improvement LLC, puppy. Ooh. Puppy. So, ladies and gentlemen, with no further ado, listen, we got a brother with us. Listen, he's got so much time with law enforcement that he did. I'm talking from Puerto Rico. I'm talking from Baltimore City. He's got a wealth of knowledge. And we're just honored to have him in our presence. It don't get no better than what we got tonight. And now he's doing executive protection somewhere. Somewhere in the state of Maryland. Executive Executive Top notch Yeah Like protecting CEOs Yeah You know what I'm saying This ain't ain't got nothing to do with With an Uber (laughs) Driving the Chevy Spark Mm. (laughs) We're talking about What would you estimate that company The guy that owns You don't have to say the company Just what would you estimate It's a 500 fortune company 500 500 fortune 500 He's protecting Some CEO said You know what Leave that place Come over here I need you on this team I need you right here so listen, with no further ado, we're not going to stop. We're going to keep this thing going. Ladies and gentlemen, Albino is in the building. What up, what up, mi gente? Que lo que hay? Hey! What's Albino from Beantown. Beantown. Yeah. Listen, we're not going to go there. <laughs> I'm just saying, he's from Beantown. He's going he's gonna to say it. Shout out to everybody in Boston. Everybody in Boston. Amen to that, papi. Saluda, mi gente, in Boston, papi. So what's good, baby? I'm papi just um, blessed and thankful for your invitation, being here with you guys. It's amazing seeing what you guys are doing on every week. Um, actually inspires me and, and motivates me. Even though I, I left you know, law enforcement in January first after twenty four years, you know, between Puerto Rico and BPD. You know, I still missed it. I still my heart's still with all you guys out there. But there was a different calling. You know, um the big father said, you know, it's time for you to move on and go somewhere else and um I'm always been led by faith. Mm. And wow. Where I'm right now it just you know, it was a blessing. It took eight months to get there, um, but it, it was patience. Um, sometimes they say the grass is not greener, always on the other side. And if you look at it at a, um, monetary value, um, I'm not the person always been driven by money, but um, the ability to bless others and be able to fulfill um, my duties and help those that can help themselves. That's what I always said myself, you know, being able to be there for those that can help themselves. Mm. Well, my brother, it's a pleasure to have you. It's an honor to have you here. Absolutely. Such a wealth of knowledge that we will get into. But I, we thank you. We all thank you for being here. Absolutely. It means everything. 
thank you guys and keep on doing what you're doing and doing a great job. Oh, we appreciate thank it. Thank you. So first and foremost, where you from, bro? Well, born in Puerto Rico, a small little city in uh, south of the island, Ponce. Um, at the age of two, my parents, um, I guess, had the brightest idea to move to Boston. I heard the coffee's amazing in Ponce, though. In Ponce, well, you got one of the greatest coffee, Jaucono. Jauco, oh, Jauco, that's you right. right. It's from a city nearby Ponce in Jaucono, but it's sold in the southern part of the area. Nice. And it's one of the richest and most wonderful coffee you could taste in the island. Yes, sir. Know that's Shout right. out to everybody in Puerto Rico. Word. The island's a beautiful island. Uh, it is, it is. It has taken us, um, like I said, they, they, have, they have been tortured, but we slowly get up. You know, it's like everything. Puerto Rico's strong, Boston's strong, you know. Everything has happened in, throughout the world, different places. But, you know, like right now, we're dealing with COVID. But, you know, we always, as humans, we get together and we overcome things, you know. As, as long as we always been led by, you know, lead ourselves by God. Absolutely. 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 Oh, yeah. So from PR, Puerto Rico, where'd you go? Well, I said we went, when my parents, um, they moved to Boston. I was um, two years old. So okay. I took all my school education in Boston at the age of 18. I actually had a scholarship for baseball with UMass. Nice. And what position you played? Catcher. Okay. Ooh. I can, can, can. I can tell you. I mean, not, I can I, see I, that. I, I'm not bragging myself, but I mean, I was nice. I you was could, nice. You could you could throw somebody out. I was nice. I tell you, it was. Um, you could throw somebody out second base from the knees. I had it. I okay. had it. I had it. You know, but it's like everything. You could have a a a blessing in some things, but your calling is not that. So you gotta be ready for that calling. Is you gotta be ready. You know, when they present that calling, and you gotta move. Be you know, you cannot. You know, you God, God presents a whole bunch of doors in your way. Mm. Don't close them all because once they close, you can't get back in. Mm. So you guys you just got to know when to go through that door at the right time. Uh, I ended up going to Puerto Rico after graduating at the age of 17 um, from high school. And you know, like I said, with the scholarship and all that, my father didn't want to leave me with, with my uncle in Boston. So ended up going to Puerto Rico. Um, was able, was blessed enough to be able to play double A ball in Puerto Rico. And I joined uh, Puerto Rico State Police. A great department, wow. which I love. I got a, great, a lot of great friends. Um, if anyone here into his post up, shout out to all you guys. Love you all. A great agency, but like everything, you know, um, with the corruption and the government and all that, um, doesn't make the agency even better. But I was able to give them 10 good years, you know, of law enforcement, which, you know, like I said, if it wasn't for the amount of money that I came to make in Baltimore mm -hmm. and the better benefits looking for a better life for my family, I would stay in Puerto Rico. But, you know, ended up coming to Puerto Rico in 2006 when I joined um, BPD. When they, after they went to Puerto Rico, I think on the second, um, I think that they, was the second time they traveled to Puerto Rico to do a hire of um, bilingual, uh, bilingual um, officers. And I said, you know what? I was separated from my wife at the time. I was doing by myself. I said, you know what? It's time to go back to the States. Mm. You know, living most of my life in Boston. And it was either here, we believe it or not, or Atlanta Police Department. Because they both went to Puerto Rico at the same time. Oh, wow. And, you know, they actually basically got hired by both departments. And but I said, you know what? I'm going to go to the first one that called me and Baltimore didn't hesitate. And I came here for, it's funny because I came here in July for four days. They went to Puerto Rico in June and they called me over here like two weeks later. I need you to come over to Baltimore for a four-day process. And at the time, you know, I was doing by myself, struggling, paying child support and all that. You know how I was having kids. Right. And the pay in Puerto Rico, my salary at the time as law enforcement in Puerto Rico is $28,000 a year. Oh, wow. And you look at that, you know, 10 years in law enforcement, I was making $28,000 a year. The most I made one year with overtime was $32,000. <sighs> and needless to say, I was part of a specialized unit, which you would think would make more money overtime on that. But no. So as you know, it's time to go. I want to go back to the States. And the good thing about, you know, my language, you know, I never forgot it. English always stuck with me. 
And I came here for four day process in July. And it was funny because the other day I was looking at some old pictures that I took when I came here uh, for that four day process. And I, and I stayed at the Marriott downtown and I was looking at those beautiful buildings. I was like, wow, Baltimore is beautiful. Mm. I'm over here sending pictures back to Puerto Rico to my peoples, my friends, like, look where I'm going to go work at. Right. Brother, only if I had to go on a couple of blocks up northwest, you know, <laughs> so I could see really what I was the kidding. The real, about. real. Yeah, see myself, you know. But No, but shout out to Baltimore for um, <laughs> coming out there and recruiting, like, you know, bilingual officers. Because right. I guess they were ahead of the time to think that the, pop the Spanish population was growing. No, definitely. They had, and that was the biggest demand. And they told us straight up and went to Puerto Rico. And, you know, they told us, look, we're coming to get you because we haven't, um, you know, our population is growing on Hispanics. So we need you over there. Right. And... I said, hey, I'm down. I was ready to leave real quick. So they made it happen. Um, at the time that they said it was going to take like two months for the process for me to be hired after I left after the four-day process. And they called me back like within a week later. They said, you know, you got to be here by August um, 29 to get sworn in. Hmm. I said, look, I just left Baltimore. You know, I, I got some time in the department. I'm going to lose all this leave and all that. And they're like, well, you want the job or not? Right. I'll, I'll be honest with you I was living in an apartment myself I didn't have nothing So I had to you know, Take my jewelry And things that I had I had to pawn all that wow. I sold my car Everything Just to get some money Because Kid you not I had to pay some bills And leave things straightened out Before I came here I came to Baltimore With $82 in my pocket And wow. the only thing I, bought, I knew about Baltimore Was the Orioles Because I follow baseball I didn't know Nothing else about Baltimore I came here with $82 And I got to give A big shout out A big shout out Oh Before I even go there Because she's going to kill me I got to give a shout out to my queen. So who? My queen. My queen. You got to. You know, Do my it. queen. Absolutely. It's your you know, guy. Hey, Prince Pesha, like I call her. I love you to death. What do you call her? Prince Pesha. I don't know if you guys seen, seen the series, um, The Queen of the South. <laughs> oh, have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, um, oh, Netflix. King, yeah, King George calls um, the main you know, queen of the South. Yeah, he calls her Prince Pesha. So we started watching that series together. So she kind of liked it. I said, well, you know what? You're going to be my Prince Pesha now. So <laughs> Prince cool. Pesha, you know, I love you. Uh, I'm sorry for... All the wrong don't doing that I have done for you in the past, but you know I'm here. Your king is here for you. Absolutely, I love you to my heart, and I'm just thankful and blessed. I thank God every day for putting a woman such as yourself in my path in my life. It's been my biggest blessing. I love you with all my heart, and every time you know that I see you and open my eyes in the morning, you're everything to me. So I just want you to know that. See more men, my man. Yo, more men need to do that. Absolutely, including me. Yes, uh, damn. You just taught me something. You know, it's, it's just, um, you live and you learn. It's been Absolutely. been together for 14 years. Um, my beautiful wife, those who know Monica, I'll be, you know, she was part of the department too. Um, she left in, in January 1st. I left on the 17th and, you know, she still has a passion and a drive for law enforcement. We both love it. But, you know, things were changing. Law enforcement is changing, as we all know. We're facing tough, um, tough times. But I had a different calling. And my calling came in. As the man of the house, I said, look, if I get this job, you could stay home. You know, go ahead. And it was either that or um, I was in the promotional list to become a sergeant, um, which I would have, you know, by now would have been a sergeant in BPD. But I even left that behind because, you know, I said a different calling came in. Decided at least so I told her she could stay home. And, you know, she's doing great. So we're making it out you know, the way we're working on right now. That's dope. Happy to hear that. Yep. Amazing. So going back to the system, when I came to Baltimore, $82, you know, and I got to give him a shout out. Um, Pastor um, Daniel Santos. I don't know if you guys know him. You probably know his um, son who works in, he's a sergeant in the homicide section, Danny Santos. Wow. Danny Santos' father um, at the time, um, and he still is the pastor of a, a Pentecostal on church on Broadway. And I'm going to go a little bit into my faith with God because it, 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 it's going to let you know how I got here to where I am today. 
Go in. Um, I want to hear it. There was in a, they had an apartment on top of the church on the third floor. And he allowed us, um, Puerto Rican office come Puerto Rico. He housed us up there in the top of the church. Mm. With no, not even um, charging us a cent, nothing like that. He just wanted to help us out. He lent us the hand because we didn't know nothing from here. There were six Puerto Ricans, brothers staying in, in, in the same room. We were different, like sleeping in mattress and um, air mattress and regular mattress on the floor, mm. you know, in a big room. But we made it work, you know, before we got into the academy. You know how they, they sing it to Central Records or something like that? That's a, a pre-hire. Yeah. So I was working in personnel and uh, I was doing... Because out of most of the guys that came from Puerto Rico, I was one of the best that spoke both languages. So I had a connection in Puerto Rico with internal affairs. So I was doing the background investigation with Puerto Rican officers coming over. So they left me working. They actually held me back on academy. Really? Because um, they needed me in personnel to make those calls to Puerto Rico because I was getting back quick results. So, you know, like I said, God has different um, paths for us in our life and he's going to push you to where he wants you to be. Mm. Um, I heard about Maryland and how Maryland in the East Coast is like a key city and a key state, you know, especially Baltimore. If you look at it, Baltimore has one of the most principal ports in the East Coast. Absolutely. Where you got a lot of things coming in for the East Coast of the uh, United States. Mm -hmm. So, you know, coming to this um, area, God leading me is because he needed me here. What was the purpose? His purpose? You know, he did a lot. Coming in here, I got here in August. I took it, you not 82,000 in my pocket, you know. He helped me, you know, so I started in the academy in December that year of 06. That's when they called us in. And basically, I started moving in in October. I got here in August, October of the same year, without one cent, brother. I'll tell you, I was just getting paid from BPD, and the money I was getting paid, I was sending it back home to Puerto Rico, pay my bills, everything I had over there. And without one cent, I put a contract on the house. Mm. Without one cent. You know, Northeast. 3703 um, Woodley Avenue, the Northeast. Wow. That was my house. It was a blessing. Uh, God allowed me. I remember pulling up with um, the realtor, and I didn't even get out of the car. I said, I want that house. And she's like, but you haven't even seen it inside. I said, I don't got to see it inside. I want the house. So, you know, with the blessings of the Lord, blessing of the owner, Miss Catherine Fielder, God bless her. I don't know if she's still alive or not. She was able to bless me to her closing costs and all that. I ended up with the house. So With you know, one cent. With not even one cent, bro. I didn't have nothing. That's insane. I didn't even have money to, you know, for closing. That's why I tell you about the church. So I go and I, I talk to the pastor. I said, Pastor, I'm having this problem. I put a contract on a house and I don't got no money for closing. He said, Don't worry, you know, hijo mío, which is like my son, you know, talking, you know, everything's going to work out. Wow. Um, during that process, I he called me one day during the week and he said, He gave me an envelope. And you know what was in the envelope? It was a $1,000 check, bro. Wow. He goes, this is from the church for you. You can put it towards your closing. So at the time, they also had offered us um, and given us like an incentive for moving over here or moving expensive from Puerto Rico to here. So I took that money and some and wanted the checks. So I was able to, you know, make up like the $6,000 that I had to bring to the table for the closing. So, and I was excited. I was blessed with that home. Like I said, you know, being a first homeowner without even, you know, having one cent on you is like crazy. You'd be like, you would never think about that. But when God has a purpose for you, it's going to happen. Mm. Nobody's going to get in your way. And I've always been a, a, a God-fearing man, a person that's always been, you know, led by God. And that, that, that movement that I made in January 17th of this year to leave BPD after, you know, 14 years in law enforcement, a place which I still call home, which, uh, which I still feel nothing but love in my heart aches when I hear the things that happen and, 
because I got a lot of brothers. I don't call them friends. I call them brothers that, you know, I left behind, you know, and I say I left behind because I left, but God has a different purpose for me now where I'm at. But at the same time, I'm still checking on my peoples, making sure, let them know that I'm here for them, whatever they need. During that whole process of time, you know, being in BPD and, and going a little bit back in 2011, I went through um, a small situation in the Northeast District, I mean, the Southeast District, where the investigation people, you know, sometimes we got a lot of people, as you guys know, that are not professional in the department. They take things personal. And when it's they're behind on the line, they'd rather push the weakest link on the, on, on the chain. So that was me back in, um, in 2011. Ended up being transferred from Southeast DDU, um, went to Northeast Patrol um, in midnight shift, you know. And it was kind of rough. And during the midnight shift, I ended up taking a call where I covered my behind. I had a trainee with me that night. I'm not going to get into all of them because of the case. But uh, I had a trainee with me at the time. The trainee went with me. I put everything on the radio. If I were not, guys, it's one thing I'm going to tell you. In law enforcement, always cover yourself. And that radio you have is your most important tool with communication. That, Absolutely. That gets recorded. Okay. It's a record. And nobody can tell you you didn't do it. So that's what saved my job that day. Mm. You know, I put everything on record. I was authorized by my super uh, SIC at the time, which is supervising in charge, to go to the call, which it was in my sector. And the other thing that helped me out was the trainee that was with me. He testified to the same thing that I testified. Mm. If I think, I believe, because the personal vendetta they had against me at the time, if it wasn't for the trainee statement, I would have been fired by now because they, they'd recommend termination. After eight, 18 months, I ended up being suspended. Ended up being in Central Bookings midnight, working wow. as a liaison. But like I said, oh, God always has a purpose. God never, you know, forgets about His people. We sometimes, you know, think like, you know, why me? Why me? While these things happen, remember everything is a purpose. Um, I was talking to H a couple of days ago, and I was telling how important it is. How when I was in patrol, and you probably hear me talking about God so much. Is like it's, it's not without God, we can't be nothing. Number one, I'm not trying to push here no sermon or anything like that, but I'm just being. I'm talking about my experiences and my beliefs and what has brought me and led me to where I am. Man, that's your faith. Absolutely. During 2011 being suspended, it made me, you know, I was, I was a grinder. Like we all love that overtime and make that money. Right. You know, me and my wife, you know, we used to live good. We like to get, you know, good trips and all that. Things got a little slim. So, you know, I'm a, a gun advocate. Uh, I like to dress good and have good things. I had to sell a lot of my things that I had so I could, you know, continue, mm. you know, making up for the things that we were we needed so basically it was it was a way that god told us that he had to strip us down because mm. sometimes you know he'll give you the opportunity he'll let you go out there and go ahead and grind but when it's my time of calling you you're mm. going to come to me because i'm going to strip you from everything mm. And, mm. and he didn't mm. and he didn't do it just one he did it twice to me in my life and you know we learned we learned from that you know the second time he did it he, he took from me what i loved the most me and my wife were separated for close to a, I think almost two years. Well, and when I tell you I'm not ashamed of saying this, I cried every night. Wow. You know, when I was away from my wife, I tell you, I'm not a saint. I'm not an angel. We're not perfect. So I did some wrong things, and I admit it. And me and my wife, we had talked that, and we've been through that, and we have left that in the past. Well, y'all were separated, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. You know, right? No, no, but I'm saying no. Be, 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 before, but no, before, before, you know, that that, that led. <laughs> Right. That led to a situation And no, of course You yeah, know it, It's like you know You continue putting water in a cup It's going to overfill you Absolutely know And tension stretch And all that doesn't help So you know We ended up being separated For a while Which it taught me And I prayed every night 
I, I got closer to the word of God and he stripped me down again. He stripped me down to his knees. And, you know, I felt that was the second time that I felt the presence of God in my life. Mm. Well, I felt them, you know, uh, a guy that came over to my best friend's house. I was living with him at the time and he was preaching over us. And he said, you know, if you're ready to give your life into God, go ahead, get in your knees, you know, ask him for forgive me, forgiveness. And brother, I started asking for forgiveness. And when you, when you pray from the bottom of your heart, when you talk to God sincerely, he hears you. And you're going to feel his presence. People mm. be like, you know what, you're going to see him now. And didn't see him. I kicked you now. And I still, you know, right now I'm just talking. I feel that they, I feel like a cloth, like a mantle that was put over my body as I was on my knees praying. And I kept on crying and saying, forgive me, God, for my wrongdoing. And I felt some arms on my shoulder saying, don't worry, my son. Everything is going to be okay. Amen. You know, mm. and, and those... Those situations, you know, they helped me to be stronger. They made, you know, and then I started praying, going to church and, you know, letting God know that if he would bring my wife back, it would be different. But I want her, I wanted him to bring my back, my wife back, loving him more than she loved me. Mm. And that was my wow. prayer every time. And, you know, he made it come through. He made it come through. Me and my wife, wow. we're back. And I tell you, we're, we're in a different stage of our lives. We live every day. We smile. You know, we laugh. Um, it's still like every other, you know, every marriage is still arguments and things like that, but nothing major, you know, and we're stronger than ever. You know, she is my backbone. She's everything to me. There's an appreciation for each other. Hey, hey I know for a fact I got to tell her. I know for a fact if we're in a battle, you know, and I get wounded, you know, she's going to pick me up on her back and take me out. I know that's right. That's the type of wife that I got, you know, and I know a lot of people that know her in the department, you know, know the type of personality she is. A lot of people might not like me because, you know, well, other reasons, you know what I'm saying, you know how things are, but we even encounter a lot of um, racism during the department by her being African-American, being, being Puerto Rican. There was issues in the department, but we, we went over that. You know, we, we left that behind because, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, nobody's living on life, right? Right. But um, all that, you know, when I was suspended in 2011, um, first choice home improvement came into, in, into being. It was established. You know, being suspended, I needed to get a you know, hustle. So you started that in 2011? In 2011, first choice home improvement came wow, on to okay. board. Go ahead. No, I'm saying, wow, okay, yeah. Yeah, it, it was, um, and I started doing everything legal, you know, through the state of Maryland, you know, getting my, my license and all that. And the state of Maryland doesn't make it easier for small business. All they want is your money. With that being said, could you please explain what it is to be bonded? Well, to be bonded, they request, you know, they request for you have insurance, bonded, license through the state, you know, through the commission and all that. So bonded is basically, they want you to get a bond. It's a $20,000 bond by um, an agency that issues out bond. It's like basically like, um, how you call it, like, um, like a check that you pay for a bond agency. And that check is basically only to cover, cover the lawyers of the commission. So it's not mm -hmm. even to cover your, you for something wrong doing. So that's in case somebody complains against you. The commission will have their lawyers protected, and the bond will cover them those expenses. It's like a certification, exactly. Thing. You know, so they make you get you to make you get you uh, over a million dollar um, insurance, you know, liability. Mm -hmm. You know, and the license itself, you gotta take a test first. You gotta start doing an application, like you've been doing, you know, home improvement and working with somebody. I was blessed enough to have a friend that had a company, and I worked some did some work with, him, so he. You know, he wrote off all me like, you know, he checked like, yeah, he's a great worker. He knows what he's doing. He deserves to have this company. And then the test is, uh, I believe it was a 60 question test. And when I tell you, they give you two, two hours, 35 minutes, open book. You got to buy the book. 
two hours, 35 minutes for 60 questions. You take every single minute, bro. That's how hard it is. And there's not wow. one question about home improvement. Oh, that's it's, dope. Everything's about taxes, about OSHA, you know, things, liability, you know, nothing in reference to, um, you know, I'm home improvement. So the first time I failed, I failed with one point. I didn't give up, brother. I'm not, I'm not that type of person that I give up. And I'm a warrior. I just, you know, you throw me in the jungle with no clothes on, I'll come out with a lion suit. Hello. That's all right. Hello. You know, so um, second time Still I took have it. one. <laughs> um, I came, um, the guy waited two weeks, I took it, um, and I passed it. So you always been nice, like with the home improvement? Well, I've been blessed enough. Um, yeah, like where did that come from? Being the only son. I got eight sisters. Wow, um, my eight sisters. You got eight sisters. Yeah, yeah, I got wow. eight sisters. Wow. Yeah. Where do you, where do you fall in line? Like one, two, three, four. I'm five. the fourth one. The fourth one. Okay, so there's three before you. Yeah, I got three females before me. For my mom and dad, with three, and then my father had three prior to marriage, and then four being with my mom, which is it was crazy. But you know, I was I was he, you know my mom was able to bless him with the only son, and my father was on me. When I told you my father was on me, my father wouldn't give me a break. Growing up in Boston, you know, if I wasn't playing sports. You know, I was with him the whole time. So he's a contractor by, by nature. My mm. grandfather's a contractor. My uncle's a contractor. And, you know, I at the time I found it, like, I got to be all time working. I can't, can't catch a break. But I'm so thankful right now and blessed that he taught me everything that I know. You know, even to this date, I still call him when I got an issue. You know, I call him the master. You know, he taught me. So, hey, dad, I got this problem. How can I fix it? Does he still do it? Well, he can't he do it no more. No, he's retired. Can't do it no more because of certain, um, you know, illnesses that he has, diabetes and all that. Okay, but um, you know, he still he had his mind is is, is right. good enough that he could help me, you know, through a lot. So uh, it was like second nature. It came, you know, being with him, he taught me how to work on cars. You know, doing. He goes, I don't want you to be paying nobody to fix your own cars. Small work and things like that. So like I said, at the time it was a blessing and and picking all those trees up from my dad. You know, I always say it is very important for you know. Kids who have a father figure in the house. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest problems we have in Baltimore City. You got yeah, a lot of I, young kids. I would say that's the problem across the country. Absolutely. Lack of, of lack of legit fathers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the thing about you got kids having kids, which even makes it worse. True. So, you know, my father was there every second. My father would be the type of father that I would look to the um, the classroom door and he'd be standing there any day of the week. Nice. Wow. And if he would have caught me talking, anything like that, you know, it was on. It was on. Wow. That's how he was. But um, I'm so thankful. You know, I love you, Dad. Um, thank you for everything you've done for me. Um, and my mom, you know, was always nice. Well, still is. You know, my mom, I'm, you know, mommy's boy still at this age. Put it, to this, put it this way. I'm 45, 44 years old, and I still have... My bedroom, my mom and dad's house, untouched. How about that? With some big island abituelas. Oh, bro, you already know. All I got to do is call my mom anytime. She, yo, my mom is so, like, with me. She's like, if I call her right now, she's in Puerto Rico. Yeah. I want this type of food. Yo, she express mail that next day. Damn. Bro, I'm telling you, she's like that, you know. And miss them a lot. They were here for a while. Had them after Maria, they came over and all that. But they went back to Puerto Rico. They, they got homesick, so. Right. So that's how, you know, um, FL, I mean, First Choice Home Improvement got, got born. And, you know, if you, when you look at my cards, you guys seen it. I got like the, you know, I got a, a handsaw. I got a hammer. They got the Crusades helmet, you know, with the cross on top of it. I always told my wife, you know, I wanted to, you know, do a company that was, you know, was led based by God, Christian based, you know. Mm. And not that just, I don't consider myself the greatest cr- Christian because I'm way far from being, you know, the Christian that God wants me to be. 
but I'm a, an obedient Christian, and I know when to obey. I know when to follow my faith and to who to leave my things. And that's how I just been blessed throughout this whole time of careers, um, dealing with the home improvement, working in law enforcement, and in the time getting trained in you know getting myself you know different knowledge and different trades that has led me to be the person that I am today and to know everything that I knew today and continue because at my age, I'm still not, you know, I continue growing every day. So I, there's more for me to learn. And my thing is what good am I to have all this knowledge, all this trainings and not be able to share it with nobody. Right. You know, that doesn't make me no good. You know, my thing is I want everybody to know what I know right. because if I could help you with a tip or anything that could help you survive. And, and after 24 years of law enforcement, all the trainings that I've been to, I want you to be better than me. I just want you to, my main thing is, like I always said, and I hear this, is the main goal is coming back home. Absolutely. Coming back to you, you know, like I told my wife, I want to come back home to you, whether it's limping in one leg, without an arm, but I'm coming back to you. Right. So, you know, at the end of the day, if it's going to come to me or them, you know who's coming back home. Absolutely. You know. Hands down. Now, that's true, because, like, I remember being on the same floor when we used to, when you was down there, a lot of guys, you come over and get tips and, Hey man, hey, uh, you know which al which ammo should I buy? Or um, I got this AR and I need this light. I need this. I need that. And you always give that tip away for free. That was dope. It's like I said, it's a ghost it was like a revolving door. Your office. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you know, you, you got to bless others to be blessed. Absolutely, you know absolutely. You just can't continue yes, sir. keeping everything to you. You know, and a lot of people do that, and it's hard to come by. Because a lot of people want you to pay for that. And it's like, why? 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 When, when information is free, if you know it, bless it on somebody else. Yeah, pass it on. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like Martin Luther King passed on everything he knew to the next generation. Yeah. And it's still revolving. You still look at to today's day. We're still seeing it. There's still people fighting for their rights. You know, we're dealing with the situation right now across the you know, United States. But, you know, he made it very clearly. He said it, you know. And he wants just America to all follow us to be the same equal and just, you know, get along with each other. I mean, that's it. That's at the end of the day, we all bleed the same color. We're all that's human. True. We're human. We're human. Mm. No, that's dope, man. That's phenomenal. Your, your stories and is sick. The fact that you, you came from Puerto Rico with just $82 and you made it, sh you made it shake. Well, I mean, you, you have to grind also, you know, you just can't, you know. Of keep, course. Keep yourself there because, you know, that's what I came here with. You know, you got to go out there and grind. You know, my thing when it goes to my home improvement company, you know, like I could use H for example. So if I'm going to use Drew, Dre, you know, you call me up that day and you say, hey, Albino, I had somebody come over here to my house. I got a leak in the bathroom and they did this for me. And when I went and I saw you, what did I tell you? It was like, yo, who did this? Like, you know, my thing was when I created my right. company, you know, being led by God, I wanted to help people because mm. contractors across the nation, across the state, they tend to rip people off. They're a piece of shit. They, they, they want your money. That's all they care. That's all they care about. You know, it, it is true. And, it, and, and my thing is, no. It, Yo, it, just crooks, man. Hey, Playing out. Crooks. You got to say. How come that's not in the news? Word. No, yeah. But they talk about us. No, it could, be, it could be more in the news. There's good contractors, there's bad contractors. So when I went to your house, what I did, I did. It only took me, what, 15, 20 nah, minutes? I saw it and you was like, bro, who, who did this? And then boom, bam, bing. Have you had any issues? Zero. Zero. And if you had an issue, you know who's going to be back, right? First choice. First choice. You know, because that's how we do. You know, and, and I was happy. And then at the end of the day, and it, it didn't, I'm, I'm not bragging because it's not me. It's just No, me. no, I'm we're talking. We're talking. You're not bragging and boasting, but you know what you do. But what did I tell you when you said, how much is this? What did I say? I don't even remember. I, I didn't say, how am I going to rob you like this? I was only here for 15 minutes, bro. Yeah, you didn't. You, it was, I don't remember because of, you didn't. 
It was nothing. It was nothing. So it was out of love. So blessing is a blessing because you no, know, I told him you know, my wife just went through a real rough surgery. Um, Dre's wife knows my wife because they keep you know they keep each other through um texting and and their media social media page. So when I got downstairs, it was just like I felt happier when his wife said, "Look, I want you to give this to your wife." You know, yeah, I came to fix true. a problem for him that he had that he hadn't used that bathroom for weeks. No, my my daughter, my sixteen year old, and the kids. Yeah. Um, Eight months That bathroom was not used For the shower The shower mm. You could not use that shower For eight months So I mean And, and that bothered of COVID me. and all that Yeah but yeah You know And then when I went downstairs And, and his wife said Look get this to your wife And for me that touched me more Because now I was bringing Something home to my wife Right You know Hey look I bless a family Family blessed me To give you this Yeah You know so Wow, wow. It's all about, about that. You know It's it all was, about playing good seeds Like my mother always told me Absolutely Plant good seeds in to. life, man. Have to plant good have seeds. Have to. Ma, I love you. You, you have to. I love you, you know. too. <laughs> She's wow. awesome. You have to. You have to. You know, you just got to remember everything that you hear, do here in life comes back to you. Yes, sir. You know, and that's why when you really um, consider yourself a friend, you have to, you know, really call yourself a friend. We were talking about this earlier. And you said, I'm, you told me not to go into it, but, you know, I'm going back to God again. But the word of God says it real clear. Real clear. When you were a boy, when you're friends, when you call yourself a friend, like I told you, I, could, I got friends that could count with both hands and I got fingers left. I got a lot of associates. But when you're a friend and your friends is doing something wrong, one of your boys is something wrong, and you don't put them out there or you don't tell them, yo, you're doing this wrong, you're as guilty as he is. Absolutely. It is our responsibilities as fellow man, man of God, to hold each other accountable. Absolutely. If we don't hold each other accountable, we got nothing. So when we look at that, let's go back into law enforcement. We're a big mm. family. You know, we're out there grinding. Sometimes, you know, in Puerto Rico, I had the blessing. There was, you know, you got a partner. But here, it was you and the man. You no, know, only in this unit specialized, you need to have a partner. You know, you got to back up your fellow officer. You got to be there. You know, so you got to have that accountability to make sure that he goes home. Absolutely. And that if he's doing something wrong, you got to pull him out to a spot and let him know. If you got to put your hands on it, hey, it is what it is. You like me, go ahead. If you don't like me, well, go ahead. Go ahead and rat on me and tell me I put my hands on you. I'm going to let them know, but you know, you're not, I'm, I can't put myself in a situation where you're not going to allow me to get back home mm -hmm. because I ain't going to go to jail. I'm not jail material, bro. No. I'll tell you that right now. I cannot live in four walls, bro. I'm too gorgeous for that. No, bro. No, no, <laughs> no. There's a lot of things I need that's not in there. Absolutely. No, no. God, listen, the guard can't sit there, Jack. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Word. You know, you know what I'm saying? I can't do it. Freedom is unvaluable. It's just one of those priceless. You, know, you got to know, you got to be able to cherish it and take you know, every second advantage of time because life is short, you know, and time here on earth is really short. Preach. You know, so we got to make sure that we family first. I don't care what they say. Yeah, but it's just family. You know, you got God, you know, your wife, your kids, and then the rest, the work, and things like that. And people, you're crazy, I'll be you know, talking to your wife before your kids. Yeah. Who gave you your kids? Absolutely. Right. Let's be realistic. She was there before them. Yeah. Wow. So you got to love your wife because she's the mother of your See, She gave you those special children for you to love. Mm. So how can you not love her more than, and it's written, this isn't black and white, and this is says it in the Bible. You know, those, you know, just go into it, you know, and it, it is legit, you know, but we got to be focused and get the right attention to what we do. I'm guilty of it a lot of times. I'm, I'm a hard worker. I'll grind. I'll be getting home, you know, doing home improvement or working with, you know, where I'm at. And 
I won't go to sleep. You know, I get home, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten. I, I barely spend some time with my wife some days because I'm working. I'm going to go take a shower, my food, and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, but you got to make that time, you know, to be with your wife, kids, and take those trips. If you don't spend anything, spend it in your family. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I know we're in law enforcement. We tend to follow a lot of material things and, and drink the Kool-Aid, like I call it. Like, oh, just because such and such bought a, the new Corvette, I want to get the porch next week. You know, nah. really, in reality, that's material, bro. That could be yeah. taken. I, I'll tell you, I was stripped twice. Mm-hmm. You know, God stripped me twice, you know, and, and he taught me. He brought me back up. You know, he brought me back up. And you just got to know how to, what a, what am I going to do to make it better? Hey. You know, so. I invest all my money into my family. Yes, sir. You have to. I invest well, a little no. bit of myself now, now. Hello. Mm. Hello. Rather work say? hard, you heard? What'd you say? I said I invest a little bit of myself now too, baby. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> God work hard. If you work hard, you gotta play hard. You know what, what? I'm saying? Oh. So hey, Hallelujah. Don't, don't, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game. You know yes, what I'm sir. So it's like I say, you gotta be ready for that. You just you know, we could all, you could do everything in life, but make sure you do it very cautiously. Right. Because everything has consequences in life and you gotta you gotta own them up when they come up. Right. You know, you gotta be responsible and man up and say, Yeah, it is what it is, let's make it happen and just move on. You know, but um, First Choice Home Improvement is a company that's here to bless those that need to be blessed. I'm not saying I'm going to be giving my work for free because it's not going to happen. It, well, you know? It's not called the business. It's not but, called the business. But you're you know, going to get exceptional work. Yeah, you're going to get quality work, you know, get quality service. And more important, you know, like like I always said, what better off? My thing is I have always been work word of mouth. You know, what better thing that you work in your vacation thing and you allow me to be in your house when you come back, that work is going to be done. And not just that, that's going to be done. Any, I tell my people, whatever you got wrong, you got to call me 10 times to your house, I'll be back 10 times. Mm. Because my thing is for you to be satisfied with what you pay for. Absolutely. You get what you want. Even if we got to redo it over again, I got no problem with redo it all over again, but you're going to get at the end of the day what you really want. Mm. And that's my whole thing. You know, it's just like I said, be able to, those people that wanted to have them what they wanted without being ripped off. Because you know, my wife tells me all the time, like, hey, your price is like too cheap. I said, babe, why can't we constantly be having money coming in? Why am I gonna get like a twenty or thirty thousand dollar job and then just wait for a while? Why can't I have five hundred coming here, fifteen here? You know right. what I'm saying? It adds up at the end of the day. Absolutely. You know, and I'm still doing the same thing. And at the same time, it keeps you know the worst gets spreading around. And right now it's all I do. You know, I work from family to family and I just been blessed that people are giving me the opportunity to come into their homes. And I can't wait for you to bless me with your presence in the next couple of weeks. Right. I'm happy that you're not like these other contractors that use YouTube to guide them. No, no, no. I don't use, I don't. I'm I said, sure you heard of that, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't advertise me, I know myself and all that. I don't look, you know. No, like these contracts, I heard contractors use like YouTube Oh yeah, tutorials. videos to find out how to do how work. How to do yeah. things. Right. That's crazy. Or they, they go to the DIY channel. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> listen, I'll be over next week. I'm just finishing up this episode on DIY. I got you. <laughs> and that's going to be about 50,000. Right. Like, what? What? Because he showed up in my crib. He eyeballed and was like, yo, this is the problem. And he was like, who did this? I was like, it was me. He was like, you you fix somebody else's problem? I was like, yeah, I was trying. He's like, nah, this is the way you do it. Look at this tool, this, this, do that. And then boom. And it was simple thing as, you know, you saw it didn't take me too long to do. And it's like, you know, it's a simple thing that people could do themselves what, at home. Can I just say that what you um did, I got a quote and it was like 1500 for 15 minutes Hey And I did it for you It was a blessing So you It was guys, It you was know, Thank you Cheers that to was, that I'm just happy that your kids And your family are Able to enjoy Yeah now they can take a shower yeah. Cause for 8 months They did not take a shower like, oh, wow. he, he said he was tired Of the little <laughs> ducks <laughs> In his bathroom all the time so. All the time All right? the time <laughs> 
That's funny. These kids were driving me crazy, but um, but yeah, that's all it is about. You know, it's just about blessing and you know. But now we're also trying to cover um different stages of our life. Like I said, I still got different callings where I like to stay up to to date when it comes to different trainings. You know, like I said, I'm a big on. Um, gun enthusiast. Yeah, what do you like to do? Like when you're not contracting, when you're not protecting these high level CEOs. Like, listen, you when you do? when you're doing God's work, you always gonna be blessed. You hear me? Amen to that. Mm. So, like, what are your hobbies? Like, what do you what do you like to do when you're off? We believe it or not, I like being home with the wife, watching the movie, chilling, me you know, too. going out for dinner, and I also like to get in on my um. Your training. My, I also as much training. I'm talking about home right now and just get on my lawnmower, cut the grass, you know, and then I sit back and I look on that. The grass looks good, man. I did a good job, you know. Yeah. It's just, you know, take care of the house. Make sure everything is in place. Um, Everything needs to be covered. And, and then try to still try to um look for anything new that I could um get a piece of that is going to put me in, in an advantage, you know, nice. learning new things every day and not just staying to the same thing, just being able to um, innovate new things and work with my guns and, you know, being a firearms um, instructor, which I, I took the, the course in Sykesville. It was a, one of the greatest courses that I took, two-week course. In the middle of December, it was cold as crap. What does that course consist of? Like, it's firearm, it? Well, firearms instructors basically, you know, become, you know, becoming a firearms instructor, how to teach a class, how to, you know, be an instructor of, um, um, teach people how to, you know, a whole class of how to shoot or how to basically, you know, keep the line safe the range and make sure nobody gets hurt it's a lot of things that's covered but it's also it covers the know of oh no you gotta know how to shoot Absolutely. you gotta know how to shoot become an instructor because if you can't shoot what good is it that you can't you know you're an instructor so you gotta be able to shoot um yeah, you and know what like to do in florida <laughs> <laughs> which one shot, which one? shot himself trying to present uh in front of class of the young kids oh, that was, and that was, that was an atf yeah that was years yeah, ago. that was an atf yeah, agent ATF? yeah atf yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. That was crazy. Uh, you got to leave this to the professional. Like, ah. I'm the professional here. He, gets he held it. He held it in. He held oh, it in. He, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't scream. He was uh, like, you But good? the kids said, no, nah, I'm good. He I'm said, you good? The kids <laughs> were like, Everybody wait. Mm. Wait. <laughs> Too late, bro. And, and it was uh, dope. So, like, so, firearms. So, I mean, just, you know, dealing with firearms. I like, like I said, um, I collect um, firearms. I like to, you know, see what's always new out there, trying to look for, you know, Interchanging different um, scopes and sites, right, Doc? Because now the market right now and technology is so advanced that you get anything. But there's always some some scopes that you never change because you believe in them. You know, I got certain brands that I got on my on my rifles right now that I'll never take off. Nice. You know, because I like them, I trust them, I have used them. I took um one of the it's called the law enforcement um patrol rifle training. I took it in Flexi in Chatham. It's what's one, Flexi. Flexi is um, I thought it's called um, Federal Law Enforcement it's out of the FBI Center. Academy. Um, basically they train out of Quantico. Uh, no, they're not only out of. Quantico. It's not a Quantico, right? No, they they not just only they go. They got Flexi. different places. Places they got New Mexico. They got here in Maryland. They got North Carolina. But the closest one is Quantico, right? No, the For closest us? one here is Challenge, Maryland. Oh wow! Yeah, that's one. That. Yes, and it's um a great. I mean, the range, state of the art, indoor range, hundred yards. Nice. You know, yeah. I mean, they got everything. And I've been in Puerto Rico. I was part of the SRT in Puerto Rico. And I took me one of What's the hardest. What's the SRT? A special response team. Nice. So I'm similar with the call here, SWAT. You know, for every area in Puerto Rico, they had um, their own um, um, SRT. So I was part of the one in the Carolina area. And we took a train. It was called Tactical Medical. Mm. And, and I thought that, you know, because, you know, one of the biggest things that we failed to realize is also, and, and we see it today, you know, if you're in a gunfight, and whether you become wounded or you you know you injure somebody else in a gunfight, 
as a law enforcement, you got to provide aid to that person right. after, you know, the gun battle. And at the time, you know, going back in Puerto Rico, it was around 2000, 4006, that was um, the tactical medical part was starting coming heavy. So we took this um, training in the academy, it was two-week training, and it was rough. It was it was just live um, shooting with bunkers, you know, bunkers and ballistic um, um, bunkers in front of us. You know, we would do like there was an injured officer. We had to go in and get them out while there was live shooting going on, you know, of course, in the range. And then the last um, day of everything, everything we did throughout the week, we had to pull like a scenario and we had to do like an evac and all that of a wounded officer. Nice. So I thought that training was tough. But because um, I thought it, it showed me a lot in Puerto Rico, you know, it's common for patrol officers to carry um, an, M, an M4. So it's not like here that, you know, it, you rarely could get a shotgun, you know, like in the city. Right. You yeah. know. But in that topic, if you don't mind elaborating a little bit more um, without giving too much details, but maybe is it something you would like to share or any tips as far as like getting into a gun battle? Like is would you want to like talk about that or I'm always willing brother like I said what, what, what just to help <laughs> others that maybe you know in the future could maybe something that could help them because it's all about helping other officers that may you know there's a lot of people that haven't been in gun battles majority of the, you know I have know. had the experience unfortunately for me I call it an unfortunate situation because nobody wants to be in that situation to be in three gunfights in my life and they were not pretty do you glad to elaborate on any one of them? Just to give an audience. Just as far as like the morale or like your mindset or your, you know, like. When it comes to mindset, I got to say, you know, part of the tactical medical taught us, they put a lot of pressure on us. And one of the biggest things that I took out of that training was survival. Mm. We're surviving no matter what, because just because you're shot, you know, doesn't mean unless you get shot in one of the central nervous system, they're going to go down automatically, you know, because you're not going to come up from that. You shot in the head. You know, but if you shot on the, on the limb, for example, you got to know the battle's still out there. Right. You got to get up and be focused. Your will has to be bigger and you decide that you want to get home. Your will has to be bigger than that criminal, that that individual that he wants to beat you. Because once he knows that you're down, he's going to come up you like a fierce dog and he wants to finish you. So you got to be able to put that gun in function, function and, and keep putting you know, rounds down that, you know, that range. Because that's that's how you gotta be survive. You know, you gotta be in that more survival mode. So one thing I took about the tactical training was that I'm gonna come home no matter what. I'm gonna survive just because I'm bleeding doesn't mean I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die battling it out. If I bleed out what I'm fighting, and guess what? That was it was my calling. Right. You know, but that's one of the biggest thing. I'm always up for getting a group of guys. If we get the spot, that the location, you know, and and put some small training, you know. You know, keeping everything always, keeping safety is the priority thing. I got a couple of friends that are certified instructors, and we get together and we can make it happen. You know, I've been, like I said, numerous training that I will, I love to share my knowledge and be able to fix people with their shooting because, you know, if you're a cop and you're afraid of, you know, pulling that gun out and shooting, you know, guess what? Failed. You should just, no, you should just hang it up. Just let it go. Just let it go because, you know, why are you going to be, you're afraid of using a tool that they're giving you to use, you know, because you use that to defend um, people's lives and property. So you got to be realistic with yourself. You got to be also, you know, answer questions, you know, am I willing to do this? Am I capable of shooting a person? Yeah. In Puerto Rico, when I shot um, one incident that I was involved in uh, police involved shooting, I shot a 16-year-old kid in one of the um, project housing. It was real, a lot of crime, and it was the day after New Year's Eve. 
and it was the first of January, I remember. And the guy pulled out a gun on me, you know, the kid, 16 years old. Um, I didn't give him a chance to point it at me, and I shot him. It doesn't feel good, ladies and gentlemen, to shoot a person. Anybody that tells me, oh, you know, you're military, it does not feel good to shoot a person. Mm. You know, wow. and then when I knew he was a juvenile, it, it, it took me a while to sink in. You know, it was, it was two weeks that was still I couldn't sleep because I said, I shot a juvenile. But then mm-hmm. in my back of my mind, it's like, but he pulled out a gun on you. Right. You know, but it, took, it still took a while for me to sink in because, it, you know, it's still another person's life. You know, I always believe that God is the only person that takes lives away. But he also made me one of his warriors to make the laws be, you know, you know, here in, in earth, people could, you know, follow the laws and do things right. So at that time, I, you know, it took me two weeks to get it straight and say, you know what? It was either you or him. Absolutely. And, but it didn't feel good. It didn't feel good shooting a person. I don't care what people say. They say, oh, after the first one, the next one is easier. No, it's not. Bullshit. You know, when, you, when you're human, you're human. Absolutely. You know? And, but, you know, when it comes to the battle, like I said, it's always about survival. And my thing is I was always want to preach and teach surviving, going back home, you know, constant move. Do not. Let your enemy know where you're at. Constantly move, you know. And that's one thing that at the range, they're not. When they did the diamond training, I don't know if you guys remember that. I remember they, that. Yeah. Um, the lieutenant at the time at the range, he started implementing of loading, you know, on the move. You know, you move to side, load, then come back into the gunfight. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, I was ecstatic on that because wow, we're allowed to move now, you know. But I believe they should do more, more training on the movement. You know, you can't be a standing target. Yes, and movement is more realistic. Because that's what's happening, like, in the battlefield. And, and it is. I mean, and, and it's been proven by um, stats. If we look at them, the FBI stats every year, all um, law enforcement, um, p- um, police-involved shooting encounters have happened within less than 15 yards in. That's yeah. close quarters. That's close quarters. Absolutely. You know? They were talking about straight CQB battle, and you got to know, like I tell everybody, if you at the seven and three-yard lines, if you're shooting with one eye closed, you got a problem. Absolutely. You know, you should be able to, you know, and that's what call, I tell people a lot. You know, when you're in your house, you're doing nothing. Why don't you do some dry fire? Yeah. Unload, you know, that gun in a safe area. You know, make sure that there's no ammo closing and do some dry fires. You know, put your, your belt on like you're at work. You know, and even you sitting in your couch. Make believe that you're sitting, you're riding the patrol car and there's somebody who's pulled out a gun. How are you going to take that gun from that holster while you're driving wow. and you got that seatbelt on? Because, you know, we're just as liable as people. We've got to have a seatbelt, even, you know, the police. Mm-hmm. We've got to set an example. Yeah. So now you got almost 0.3 seconds for you to take that seatbelt out, grab that gun, and engage a person that's already shooting at you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember that um, shooting in Philadelphia, I think it was that, that individual went to the door and shot that officer. Oh, yeah, you know, like two years ago. Yeah. You know, I want, you know, just imagine I remember how that. that officer, and that officer was able to engage the individual, mm-hmm. you know, so you got to be prepared for those types of situations. And like I was telling you when we were talking, you know, you have to be, you know, the if factor, if what's going to happen when I get there. Before you, well, as soon as you get that call and you're in the way, you got to be having a whole bunch of scenarios going through your mind. And when you get there, do not get tunnel vision because any gunfight or any danger could come from any angle. Mm-hmm. Do ne- never, never get in the tunnel vision going to any call because that's what's going to cost you your life. You know, always assess the situation before going in. Hmm. Take your time. The time is in your world. It's on your side. There is no rush. Take your time going to a call, you know, assessing the situation. Always, I told all my trainees when I was field training them, you know, and I was up in the Northern, you know, I was blessed that the trainees that I had, they always got good cases because I always tell them, the only thing that's going to kill you out there are these hands. 
Yep. If you all constantly looking it's not at about the, hands, the bad guys, it's about his hands. His hands. If you already know he has the intention, look, don't keep your, don't take your eyes off his hands, mm -hmm. because if he, they have their eyes in, I mean, their hands inside their pockets, and they crunch one of those fists, you know he's grabbing a gun inside that pocket. You Absolutely. could tell, you know. But that goes also with training. So you gotta go to numerous training. And like I was telling you, you know, you cannot be afraid of kicking out money out of your pocket to go different train different schools. You know, whether it's a, a day or two, put in vacation in. No knowledge is something nobody can take from you. Absolutely, nobody can take that from you. You know, and I have spent the thousands of thousands of different trainings. You know, I'm a certified armor to Glock to Remington HK and, and Smith and Watson. You, you know? spent that all on your dollar, all on my dollar. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And a lot, a lot of them I had to put vacation days in, which I was you know paying double if you look at it because I was losing days from my family vacation. You know, to go and get a train, but now I have all that knowledge, and I constantly. You know, you have to constantly be trained and keeping up with new things that are popping out there. You know, different type. You got also like I, I, something I was said in, in in the academy and always as firearm instructor and being a, a gun enthusiast. Had there's ever been a, a training in the in the grain training like that where they have taught other officers, you know, to unload, okay, and, and, and render arms safe, a weapon that's not a Glock. Tell oh. me, you guys went. Have you seen that? No. Wow, that's dope. Let's say right now, SKS is uh, You could get them out there. They're cheap. Yeah. The AK forty seven is a rifle that could, that could come from West Virginia, PA, Delaware, here in the bundles. So let's say you there's a, a weapon, a shootout. There's a weapon and laying in the middle of the ground. An AK forty seven, for example. Are you guys trained? Was I ever trained in BPD to how to unload? What do we have to do? Tell me, you guys know who do we have to call? The truck. The truck. The EV was the EVU unit, EVU. right? EVU. They had to call because they're SWAT trained. 8811, whatever number it was. The truck, the truck, yeah. the truck. They, but they, they, they should take the time, but why do we have to wait for them? Yeah. Why can't we know, like, based on the um, all the situation we've been in the department that we have dealt with different type of guns, why can't we teach, you know, recruits how to unload a revolver? Okay, how to unload... Because in, in, in him, Baltimore, well, you know, we have recovered a lot of old 38s. Old guns. You know, old guns. Old guns. So why don't you go back into that, how to unload them correctly? No, well, no, just put them in the box and wait. Yeah, there's okay. been times I've seen guns and I'm like, I'm not touching that. You know, but if you. I, if, I, don't, if, I don't want no problems. I was yeah, but always, you better not touch it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and those are things. And when you look at it, especially in Baltimore City, you got people always around, crime scene. All people right. love to come after the shooting happened. You know, you got that gun laying there. You want, wait, post an officer and on top of that gun into somebody coming. No, that officer could take that gun, you know, take that magazine out, rack that, you know, secure that bolt back and secure it in the trunk or wherever it's somewhere safe. Yeah. Or hold it into their hands until somebody comes in, you know, and gets it. Absolutely. Right. But no, those are the type of things that you have to do it, you know, and, and train yourself in. And so you could be ready. You know, I want to give you a sample. This was my second shooting, shootout in Puerto Rico. We arrested one of the big drug dealers in Puerto Rico. We arrested him in a, um, he was in an outlet in Canoanas. There's a town in Puerto Rico. Like a, like a shopping outlet? A shopping He was in the okay. Nike store. He was so drugged up in perks, right, that he had two Glocks fully automatic on him with 30 round clips. Mm. Yeah, because in, in Puerto Rico, they, they take the, uh, what's that thing called? Could you elaborate? They make it more automatic. It's not semi-automatic. The, the, yeah, they make them. They, they, they put they, la yeah, they make they, they play with the the system where you know they make the gun instead of going from um you know semi it goes to full auto. Okay, mm -hmm. they do they sell they, even online right now and I know the ATF is all over that. They got um kits that you could convert them. It has like a little selector in the back 
Which wow. you yeah. know, the, the rear plate, you take the rear plate out and it comes with that. You can tip it. Yeah, and it's, it, it, they're dangerous. So we get the call. I was in tactical unit. I was in the area, me and my partner. We get the call. There's an armed person inside the Nike store who's very um, aggressive with the manager. He has spent thousands of dollars in the Nike store, and he wanted to go back into the his, to buy clothes with his friend. But it was almost closing time. And they saw his two guns. And he didn't display them. He didn't take them out. They saw him through the shirt. So they got panicked and they call us. So when they call us, as we come in, you know, we, of course, checking the technical advantage, you know that, you know, you, what you got in the malls, glass windows everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you see outlets there, you know, the glass, you know, those you could see through. Yeah. So as we coming around the corner, I was, I was always the rifleman in Puerto Rico. My boy was always the driver. So I'm coming around the corner. I got my, my M4 and I see him. He sees us. He jets to the back of the store. He starts running. I said, uh oh, we got a situation right now. And I told my boy, you know, my partner, Toledo, I said, Toledo, either we get in now or we're going to have a barricade situation. So we decided to go into the front door, the manager, everybody, the point where he went. So we triangle him. So when we go to the back, he sees, you know, I got my rifle, my boy has his gun out, you know, so we got him, you know, pinned. I said, let me see your hands, let me see your hands. He decides to, you know, put his hands up. He comes out. When he comes out, you know, we locked him up. We go over to where he was at. He had taken the, the two, um, the Glocks and had put them, there were nine meter, he had put them underneath the clothes. We recovered the two Glocks, fully automatic. This guy was wanted by the um, the federal agencies for killing a UPS driver because they um, they had shipped over some pounds of weed, okay? And he was the one who killed the driver to get the pounds of the weed out of the truck. Wow. wow. So he was one, we didn't know that. So this guy was a big time drug dealer and not just that, they didn't, you know, he couldn't go back to jail. So when we taking him in, in a patrol car back to our station, okay? He's telling us, look, I can't go to jail. You don't know who I am. And me and my partner were like, you know how we are, you know, cops are like, you know, you know right. okay, who you are. Me, right. You know who you are. Who I got you a job to do. You know, yeah. Yeah. As soon as we're pulling into um, our headquarters, you know, which is on the main road, okay, there was a tinted out truck, okay, in the interstation waiting for us. I see that my partner saw that. Bro, and this is what says about you know and having notched other weapons. Okay, in Puerto Rico, what I had to do, because in Puerto Rico, these um, carry at the time the 5906 Smith & Wesson, which is a piece of, it's a piece of weight, um, gun, nine millimeter. At the time, what I did when I, was, I went to a tactical unit, I bought my own Glock 21, which is a 45, and I donated it into the agency so I could carry it. So I knew how a Glock worked. So when we see that, we see the guys are coming out of the truck with AK-47, they start shooting our car because they wanted to take the guy from us. Oh. Brother. And we see that. That was his crew. Th that was his crew. And what did I have that I had recovered? His two Glocks. His two Glocks. What do you think I did? Let's go to work. Let's go to work. Right. And I, I used, and I used his gun. I was covered by the agency. Everything was no problem. Because I could, I, I was able to justify those guys who were shooting on us, you know, with AK-47. You would say, yeah, but you had a rifle. Yeah, but once I got into a patrol car, okay, I'm with the individual. You know, because we go in the back, he goes on and say he's strapped in the seatbelt. I'm on the other side, and we don't go in the front seat because Puerto Rico is very rare. You get a cage car, mm -hmm. you know. So now my rifle is in the trunk. All right. And all I got is the two Glocks. Is the two Glocks. That you just. And recovered. I had them because our tactical vest, I still got my tactical vest in my house. You know, I could show you, bring him one day. It had a zipper, you know, like a zipper right here in the front that you could, you know, like a big pouch on both sides where you could put one gun here. And that's why I had them. I actually had them. It was funny because I had them with the, with the clips out. You know, yes. and that's the first thing that went to my mind. So I was able to utilize that. And we got, and what happened when I'm in the shooting with the guys, 
my partner, he took the, because right at the entrance of the um, headquarters, he took him right into headquarters through the back, and I'm still shooting, and then the other guy started coming out, and it was a battle. How ballsy is that? You know, that's how, and you, there's something in you see in the movie. In front of the, the priest of yes. movie. Wow. Brother. Sounds what, like a movie. And it didn't pass, not even, kitchen not, 10 minutes after the situation, the feds pulled up into headquarters. The, the feds? The feds. And I'm like, I look at my partner, what the hell is going on? He's like, okay, guys, good job. We got him. We'll take him. I'm like, thanks for all your hard work, bro. Not even that. Thank you. Good job, us. I'm like, yeah, thanks for almost dying. And you know what they said? You can keep the guns. You guys submit them. That's how I said. I don't, we don't care about the guns. Of course, they, they already had them for the murder, right? You know, because you know, they UP, just want the body. They want the body because you know, UPS, United States Parcel Service, which Absolutely. is a wrong truck. That's federal. So, yeah. um, his his gang were, were were there any casualties? Did they get away? There was, there was one injured. There was one person that was shot. Okay. You know, we okay. You know, the vehicle was, of course, all those vehicles are, you know, stolen. Mm -hmm. okay, we know how it is in Puerto Rico, but, you know, the, the thing in Puerto so Rico, the thing in Puerto Rico is just like, you know, it seemed, I always said it, you know, we used to take a lot of AK-47s out of the street, but it seemed like they took trailers and they dumped them in the island. Mm. Because you'd be like, where are all these rifles coming in? Where the hell are they coming from? In? They're coming, they're imported. They're coming in through, um, you know, somebody's sending them in, you know, and of course, just the same way, our people understand Puerto Rico is used as a trampoline. In the Caribbean, mm. you know, you got from Colombia, South America, a lot of coke goes into Puerto Rico, and from Puerto Rico comes into the United States mm. through the airport, which is Puerto Rico, like the rich yeah. port. Yeah, and rich then port. same thing with the guns. You know, a lot of guns go in there, but it's right, it's reversed because in Puerto Rico, you think it's okay. You guys, it's tropical island there, so you should guys should be able to cultivate your own weed. But no, you got a lot of weed coming, you know, from the United States daily mm. to yeah. Puerto Rico through the airport. And the reason I'm telling you because last two years I was in, on the K9 unit in the airport. And every day. You can't cultivate weed in Every Puerto day we'd be just picking up, you know, pounds, pounds, pounds of weed. Pounds of it. Pounds of it. Yeah, you, can, you can't grow weed in Puerto you know, so The climate's too hot. Same thing with DR. You can't grow it there. So, the, you know, those things like that, that's where I'm going back, you know, having training, having knowledge, having, being able to react, you know, and being able to elaborate, you know, and and just saying, look, I want to get home. I'll just having that. Now, that's dope that you knew, like, you had a heads up, like, wait, what is this car? In front of the district or I mean you can prison. smell it You know that shit ain't Yeah normal. you already knew Especially it, when he said Listen I can't go to jail Really His people's is out there That's crazy That's why it's very important To know who you're dealing with Absolutely right. you, know, you know as a patrol officer As a post officer I could say this When I was in um, 24 sports In the northern district You know Dumbarton um, Over there um, Winston Avenue You know Craig Reddy All that That used to be my post When I came in Out of the academy Nice And you know, you got to set certain rules and know your peoples. I created my own post book of all the juveniles giving me problems, you know. And as a matter of fact, I still have all the pictures from that post book in my computer because I kept them, Don't you know. Wow. So that, you got you to put some work. If put you your, if, Do your homework. If you love what you do as a law enforcement, you got to put in work. You'll take pride in doing and doing the right things to make the job easier for you. You have to, you know. It just means blessed that once you start grinding and people know who you are and your ethics, your work ethics. Right. Bro, it didn't take me long. I wasn't in patrol for six months when I came from Puerto Rico before I was in the flex unit and I wasn't in flex unit for a month and I went to DDU. Nice. So people see that, you know what I'm saying? And they'll, they'll, it's not like where I want to go. When people call you, it's because they know that, that you're going to do the work. Absolutely. You know, don't be always trying to be volunteering to do everything. No, let people call you, you know, and your for, services, your services. That's it. Yeah. Become a valuable asset. Right. That's it. You just got to be able to to do what you meant to do. We all have a different job. But at the end of the day, it's about putting everything in play, your knowledge, your wisdom, your training, 
Believe me, training kicks in. Because this is a perishable skill, let me tell you. Training kicks in. When when you're in the heat of the... Of that firefight. It'll kick in, believe me. You will remember. And if you're constantly doing that dry fire in your house, how take um, snap, take that gun, put it up. Bring, like I call it, you know, bring it up to your happy zone. You know, I was brought to, you know, snap my wrist. As soon as I, you know, unsnap, take the gun out. I'm already, my wrist is already broken, you know, where I, my, my gun is already pointing down range, so I could start shooting from right here from the waist coming up. Absolutely. You know, and then when you bring that gun in, I would tell you, bring it to your happy zone. Your happy zone for me is like where you clap. You clap right here, like in the middle of the chest. So when you bring that gun in, your gun is right here in the middle. Six well, guy. Why? Because when you point that gun, when you push that, when you press that gun out, punch that you out. can try it. You could try this. Get in front of the mirror. Take your gun and pray. If you got any happy so press it out. You know, lock your elbows and tell me if you're not going to be on target. Absolutely. Without even looking through the sight. Yeah. And then close an eye and tell me if you're not going to be on target. Yeah. It's natural. You know, don't bring your head, your, your eye vision to the gun. Bring the gun to you where you're comfortable. Don't restrict your um, airflow for, you know, your neck. Breathing. Just be, you know, doing natural. You know, don't be walking like a call the duck walk. They want to walk like slowly. Walk normal. Right. You'd be surprised. You'd be amazed. You know, but everything comes in with training, time. You know, and like I said, anybody needs help, I'm down. And you guys, it's always a, a good day at the range. It's always fun, and you know, sharing um, knowledge is the greatest thing. I'm sure we can make it happen, man. That's phenomenal stories, bro. I tell you one thing. That's a phenomenal intro. I don't get no better than that. Hell yeah, oh. that was dope. Damn. My man was going you in. Have to come, you have to come back and talk. We're going to make it a Puerto Rico edition. Uh, word. Oh, it was Puerto Rico's awesome. There was a lot of great stories. Um, I got the opportunity to work in different units. Um, I was able to see the undercover um, role in Puerto Rico. So a lot of guys that used to work, were they still on the job out there? Uh, the for, unfortunately, for them, yeah, because they, they, they had to do 30 years in Puerto Rico to retire. 30 years? Yeah, 30 years. Okay, so they you should know, be. Yeah, they, they still, still should be there. You know, a lot of them that I know that keep close to them, a lot of guys from the tactical unit, they all left. A lot of went um, active military. Some went to Florida to work in this all police over there. So they went different places. Nice. So, All right, well, dope. Let's keep this thing going. Triple C, what we got? Blocks to badges. Blocks to badges. Blocks to badges. Our first question is from A Mayo five six one four seven. Shout out to those Mayo guys, man! I'm telling you, those Jersey boys over Dedicated. there. Dedicated. Our favorite listeners, man! I love you guys. All right, what we got? They said, "Can you speak on marriage in law enforcement? What can you expect as a newlywed officer?" Mm. Oof. Would you like to go first? Tackle that there, uh, Albini. You know, um, I'll, I'll take I'll take lead on this. Um, you guys heard me. Being a cop and being married is not easy. If your spouse is not in the same page as you are, you're going to have problems. One hundred percent. Number one schedule. The law enforcement schedule is not easy. You know that's why they said the best um, marriage couple is a nurse and an officer. Absolutely, because they got crazy schedules, right? But if your wife is not on the same page as you are and understands your line of work where you, you, you won't be home for, you know, your birthday, where he won't be home for Christmas, he won't be home for Thanksgiving, he won't be home for July 4th, he will not be home for um, a New Year's Eve. Why? Because he is out there serving and protecting other people. You got to get used to that. You got to be having a lot of sleepless night by yourself as a spouse. And if you're not there to be, you're not willing to support 
support your husband and be that backbone that after all that long day of work, all that stress, all that thing from the supervisors, from the stupidities of coworkers and the people in, on, in the streets giving them a hard time and then coming home and you got to be getting on their head. Believe me, that marriage is not going to last. Mm. It's not going to, you got to be on the same page. You got to understand, you know, the life of a cop and have a lot of communication, you know, a lot of communication. I remember one time they dropped a signal 13 on me in the Northern and I was in the flex unit and my wife, I don't know why she was listening to the radio at home and guess who ended up over on Chateau and Beaumont, mm. my wife, she wow. got in the car and ended up over there. So those things like that, you know, you gotta be on the same page. You gotta be on the same page. You gotta be, you know, realistic and, and know that what they're doing, they're sacrificing a lot because being a cop is not easy. You, you lose a lot of time of your life and a lot of time away from your loved ones. Absolutely. You know, so they got to be on the same page. I agree. I agree fully. Uh, there should be no gray area, no stone unturned. And you always reinforce the fact that I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for always being there. Just know that, you know, the life of an officer is busy, busy, busy. And it's nonstop. Uh, all the great holidays You can forget about that Your significant other being there He may get there late But he's still gonna be there You know you, It just comes with the territory But uh, Like Albino just said You know Just be open and honest And you guys gotta be on the same page And communication is key to anything So Communicate And everything will be straight What you got Dre? I mean how can I follow Communicate That I agree. Um, you got to communicate. You have to talk things out, plan ahead of schedule. And um, you have to understand that, like, he's out there in a sense. I know what what's going on right now, but he's serving a greater purpose. He's serving the community, but he's also providing for the family. Um, or she, because there's a lot of female officers that are married and their spouses are not. In law enforcement, mm -hmm. I mean, like like you said earlier, right? I mean, you know, it's a calling, mm -hmm. it's a calling. So that spouse needs to understand that this person that I married, my spouse, is serving a calling. So you just have to be understanding. You have to be patient. You have to be very patient. Yeah. It may be tough, but at the at the back of the head, you got to know that you know one day you're gonna be retired and you're gonna have a lot of days with him, Can a lot of that? days with her. Right. And and it's going to be glory days, you know? One of the but, things that, um, not to cut you short, Andre, yeah. that I feel like when it comes to law enforcement and, and, and husbands and wife, when they got kids, time flies so by so quick that you have babies, you know, and then when you know that kid is in high school and you probably will not even be able to make some of his football games, baseball games, the practices. And sometimes our kids will, you know, be raised, you know, with a grudge or uh, with a certain hate. And they, that's when they come like, you were never there for me. You know, we were out there grinding. We were out there helping the community while nobody's taking care of my son to the football. Nobody's taking him to the football game. Nobody's watching him play. And then we got to deal with that, you know, because it's going to be a lot of questions we got to answer later on in the road. We got to be ready for that, mm -hmm. you know. And that's a lot of times when you look at it, you know how you said a couple of episodes ago, law enforcement, we don't last not even five years after we retire. Right, we don't. You know, so... It's a lot. It take it takes the whole family to be on the same page to be able to help and understand that daddy or mommy's out there, 
you know, and, and don't get, no, please, I give props to all female officers out there. I know a lot of good females. You guys had one here, the queen not too long ago. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. her person, she's a beast. She's I a worker, you Move know, and those people, you know, they work. Right. They work and you just got to be, you got to be on point. You got to really, really be strong together. But but it's like a double-edged sword because I know people that work from home, mechanical engineers or doctors, and it's the same thing. They're not available when you need them because they're working. Yeah, they may be home physically, but their mind is banging away on the computer. Mm-hmm. This, that, and the third. It's all about communicating. It's all about understanding and patience. Yeah. And, and and then just planning. Like, hey, um, you can have that conversation of what are we doing next week? Instead of, hey, can we go out tonight? No, we can't go out tonight because I'm working such and such. But like if you say next Tuesday I'm off, let's make it a date night. Well, that's neat to you squeeze it in there. Because like you, you right now, you're in DDU right now. You investigate shootings. So all of a sudden, you know. I've been in there since like 2016. Yeah, so the city could blow up in the southeast all over a minute. Go. And you got to go. And you're with your family. So, and then your kids are going to look at, but dad, I thought we were going to the movies. I'm sorry, you got to explain that. And yeah. the kids get mad, you know, because dad is never there. Dad's constantly at work. And because so, I know you've done it. I know H, you've done it. It's the worst feeling in the world. Saying just, like, I have to go. It just takes work. Mm-hmm. It takes but, work on, yeah. on, on, from on your on your part and the missus part. You just gotta know how to make it up. That's, that's why it. when birthdays comes, you know, a special occasion, bro, blow it up. Like even if that's all you had in your bank account or whatever, just let it happen. She yeah. wants she wanted that three thousand dollar coach back, give it to her. Give it to her, yeah. It may yeah. like all that hard work you're doing, you're getting called in. Swipe away, buddy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Great question though. Great nah, question. Phenomenal though. question. Keep them coming. The next one is from 410G Man. I may or may not know who this guy is. Who was your favorite partner? <laughs> On the job? <laughs> <laughs> well, my for me, my favorite partner, he's here with me. You heard? Wow, my man. And, and, and. Thank, thank you, H. Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate you. That. Definitely. <laughs> All day, every day. <laughs> but, um, I got, uh, you know. We've been riding with each other for the longest, you know, and he's one of the reasons why we started what we started with this podcast. And uh, love is always love. That's my brother, and I'm gonna take care of him. And we're gonna ride out till the wheels fall off. True that. If I, could, I mean, following that, you know, that's almost like a love story right there. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for me and my best partner is. Um, that person that's reliable, that person that could get there and back me up and help me. You know, like I said, here in Baltimore, you ride alone a lot of times unless you're a specialized unit. But a good partner is not just that person that's always with you, but that person that's you're going to rely on that. It's going to get to a scene and you're fighting somebody going to get there, they're going to put hands on too, they're going to put in work and they're going to make sure you get home. That's a right. good partner for me. Absolutely. And for me, um, of course, I'm going to say my best partner is right here in the studio with us because it's the truth. But to answer this guy's question, I know you are. You taught me a lot. You taught me a lot. You taught me a lot in the uh, the other side of patrol. You taught me a lot as far as um, drugs and guns. And um, I, I appreciate our time together, man. But I want to ask you, who's your favorite partner? Because you want to put the light on me, what it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ball's in your court. <laughs> right. He's, he's one of the only guys out there with a silverback hat, though. Yeah, yeah, he's a good dude. But love that guy. Overall, 
you know, like I, I put it back with Albino said, it's it's that partner that's going to be there with you if anything jumps off. Because you're going to have partners, you're going to have units, you're going to have, you know, sectors where what we had, it was it was amazing, but it it doesn't last long. It you, doesn't. You got a squad of people that share the same interest, that grinds hard, loves hard, takes care of family. Everybody had damn near the same aspirations on the job. And unfortunately, they break us up. Yeah. You know, I could say one unit is uh, Reggie and uh, what's, what's the name? I think uh, they're legends in the same. Just side. legends. They've been partners exactly for over twenty something years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they're about to retire the same. And they've been partners for twenty seven, thirty years. Easy. And they're about sure. to retire the same time, the same month, and you just don't you don't get that. That's a rare occasion. It's a rare occasion that you get that. But shout outs to uh, my boy uh, RG. I mean, partners like what we did with the Silverbacks, like. H and I were partners, but we we were also partners with the rest of the Silverbacks, right? Because we rolled as a pack, as a troop, right? Silverback Gorillas rolls as a troop. We show up to everybody's call together, so we're all partners. As far as him, he was my part. Like partners, every partner brings something different to the table. But yo, four ten, you were my second favorite partner. Wow, to keep it a hundred. For sure, because I mean, but the main focus. But it was a different. It was a different capacity. Like him and I, we were in patrol. Mm-hmm. H and I, we were in patrol. Him and I, we were doing gun reversals. We were doing drugs. We were different doing, unit. Yeah, we were. Yeah, exactly. So like, it's a different type of. Um, so to make him happy, he was your best partner when you were working with him in that unit, and H is your best partner in patrol. I mean, H is my partner, even like. In patrol and in business. Oh, you, you see what I'm saying? So he's like my partner. Like so, so you just answer his question. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I said, <laughs> I said, but, but that dude, like guns and all that, that guy was a wizard. Now nah, he's a beast. 410 G, he's going to come on soon. He's a wizard when it comes to like drugs and guns. A mastermind when it comes to that. But like H and I, we really didn't do that because we were masterminds with Pierre, with every other silverback. That's been on the show, Rodney. You know what I'm saying? Of course, Moody. Facts. You know what I'm saying? The the may he rest in peace, Chandler. We were masters in patrol. You understand what I'm saying? So it's a different operational use. So like him, drugs and guns all day, all day. It also goes a long way, like I said, going back, you know, but real partners, you know, you have, you, you establish certain relationships where you work with. Right. Absolutely. But also when it comes to, um, like we like to say the law enforcement world, um, I call myself a partner all the way around because when I was living up in Hartford County and I always come up 95 or, you know, 40 and I see a trooper parked, you know, with a vehicle stuff or anything like that, I wouldn't continue going because I know the risk that they run. You know, for me, one of the biggest and most dangerous things to do in this job it's traffic stops. 100%. I don't care what they say. Hell yeah. For me, uh, vehicle stop is the most dangerous thing you could face in this um, career because you don't know what's inside of that car. You know the mentality that person's in. You know the per- the kind of day that person had. 
and how many weapons could be in there and how, you know, tinted car windows, all that. You don't have a, you lose a lot of visibility inside a vehicle, mm-hmm. you know? So I always try to make it my personal business. Even till now, always try to park behind, wait, you know, I see the lights flash on. So I park enough, give him, you know, his space that he knows and I make sure he does his vehicle stop and he's safe. He gets on the road and I keep on going. That's a partnership also. You know, because, you know, we just, we're not just BPD, law enforcement, we're law enforcement everywhere because yeah. we got a responsibility to serve and protect. And I'll tell you something, I've been to too many, to too many, one is too many, but I've been to too many police funerals. And I don't care what they say, for me, the saddest funeral you could go to is a law enforcement funeral. Absolutely. There haven't been one that I've been to that I don't even have to know the person, but my tears and my heart is so broken, you know. Because, you know, it's still a big family. So that partnership has to go a long way, you know, outside jurisdiction, wherever you're at. You just got to remember. I mean, and you, when in this line of work, you always have a different partner. Like, I know partners I've used to ride with, um, like, when I used to ride with, like, several. I would, like, I would love to mention every one of them. Yeah. But because of whatever, I would love to just have you guys on the podcast and we could talk about it. But each partner... Each guy you roll with brought something special. You know, maybe there was a partner that was just really nice at report writing. And you learned a lot from that. And then there was a partner that was just amazing in drugs. Like my buddy um, EL down in um, Central District. Shout out to him. He was probably on foot when we were on foot. He was the nicest guy that was like, yo, he has drugs on him. Just point at it. And it was like that, you know, and he's also a close guy. So it's like, that's the thing. Like when you join this family of law enforcement, um, firemen or paramedic, you work with so many different people and you become, you, you just pick and it, it's a huge family and everybody has something special to bring to the table. Like what is it? Gumball. It's like a gumbo of, yeah, of, so. of experience. Different yeah. yeah, like everybody, hey, I'm a gun guy. I'm a drug guy. Just a whole a, bunch of mixed yeah. nuts. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I write reports. I write deals. I did, you know what I'm saying? And it's all love. Like as long as we all stay together and we all stay safe. Nice no, dope. Good question. Hell yeah. Very good question. You're still Bastard. second. <laughs> <laughs> Bastard. He's still he's still Last one is uh, K Batista three two five. Not a question, but we need a silverback playlist for patrol. Oh, Ooh. don't do that to us, bro! Come on now, you you don't start a something. Started, I go, Papi, What are you doing to us? I could do it all day now, baby. Like, was he wanting weekly, monthly? Word. Let's do let's do monthly. Yeah, how you want it, bro? Give him an A side and a B side. Yeah. That's how like we gonna old, give it to you. Like old school cassette tape. Wow. <sighs> Boom. Old school. You wanna do that? It's crazy because I was listening here earlier, you know, when we were kinda heating up this place up. Bro, and that music you guys were pumping and you just got kept throwing names out there. You guys were, you know, I, I can't wait. I just want one of them myself and I got you. I can't wait for that. We'll so. do it. It's gonna be fire. Yeah. Fire. 
Well, listen, we got you. We're going to upload it. I'll play you some bachata for you. Yeah, Bobby, you got to do something for the Spanish some community, salsa. bro. <laughs> <laughs> some salsa. You got to grab me crazy, bro. Or you need some bachatas for me. There you go. Some reggaeton on in there, you know. I mean, I can't, I can't listen to Mark Anthony going to a gun call. <laughs> <laughs> He'll put you in the right mood. Oh, but you could get Don Omar and, you know. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. Old school uh, Don Omar. Yeah, now nah, we can make that happen, baby. Yeah. Yo, Again, who I'm sorry, who was that? That was a uh, K Batista. Shout out to 25. you, buddy. You, Listen, he started something right yeah. now. We going, we going to upload something for you. We going to upload something for you. So uh, hey, next week, K Batista. Next time you post, please let us know where you're working. Where? What city? What department? Yeah, we need that. We'll send you a patch. Also, um, our guest tonight was so kind to uh, introduce. What is that? Explain to them. Well, I was, I'm here, you know, meeting the guys. I hear them every week. They talk about, you know, safes and all that. You know, the what's this, uh, Stop Box. Stop Box USA. Uh, I was brought, um, I had a brand new um, holster here. It's inside the pan holster from Mission First Tactical. I'm not promoting nobody. I'm not getting paid for this, first of all. This is just um, letting you know um, it's a brand new holster. I brought it here as a gift to the guys. They're going to be doing something throughout the show. I don't know. It fits a 19 or a 23. It's for a right-handed person. It's right in the box brand new, so I don't know how they're going to do it, but one of you lucky you know, listeners is going to be able to receive that holster. Absolutely. Yes. Our favorite listeners, we're going to start giving them, doing giveaways. Raffles, man. Why not? Why not? Absolutely. Y'all listen to us. The only least we could do is give back. Shout out to Albino. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. There's a surprise coming, and one lucky, one lucky listener might be the owner of a nice piece of tool. Nice. Like it, and not so including we got these fire, so we got these fire something. lights he gave us too. Like, yeah, absolutely. Listen, I, Albino came through bearing nothing but phenomenal gifts, ladies and gentlemen. Bless puppy, bless it's like the, it's like, it's like the three kings all over. Yeah. It's just blessing, you know. It's, it's always it's, it feels yeah, we good to that. bless others. You know, that's the only way we're gonna be blessed. You it's know? the only way, and we bro. Appreciate that. We appreciate you coming through, bro. Hey, yo, we appreciate your knowledge. We appreciate your experiences. We appreciate Definitely. your training. And whoever wants to hit him up, I mean, he'll he'll formulate a small right, small group. Uh, share that knowledge. Even if you want to take a one on one and go to the range and you want to fix a couple of things, I say you got um, qualification coming up, and every year you always, you know, you barely making it. You want to fix a couple of things, yo. You want me to sit behind you, record you, and. And give you some of the tips that has helped me, you know, to make it through every year and has helped me in the farm, you know. I'll be the first. Got a website? No, nah, Papa, this is just, you know, it ain't nothing like that. It's just helping each other out. You yeah, know bro. Saying? But all that, like you said, that knowledge got it, like, you know, that, that'll be great. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I mean, word of mouth is always great, but like, That'd be great to send people there because he could hit us up. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And, and if you need anything fixed, ladies and gentlemen, on your house besides the roof, oh, you can contact important. Mr. Albino at where, sir? First Choice Home Improvement LLC, 443-831-3188. Nice. Yes, sir. And if you say you heard it at the Silver Cat, um, Silver um, Backs podcast, you're going to get a 50% discount. Oh. Ooh. What? I heard it there. I heard it. Hello. There you go. What? Damn. You heard that. That's how much love we giving y'all, That's man. how much love is coming with this blue, baby. But, uh. We're keeping it together, man. Let's, listen. Let's keep it going. Everybody. World. It's episode 33. 
a special Listen. episode. Episode the age of, of Jesus, right? Am I correct? When he so special episode, special, absolutely thirty three. I mean, listen, bendiciones. Well, we love you. Te quiero. It's your boys. So amigos. So bad Chronicles podcast. So bad prop. I can't say that in Spanish. It's all good. El mono. <laughs> <laughs> Stay focused. Word. Stay El safe. Focal. Stay safe. I want to thank my brother Albino for coming through. It's going to be a second part. He'll be back in the near future. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And don't forget about First Choice Home Improvement LLC. Albino's the beast at what he does. And uh, once again, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Stay safe this weekend. And uh, listen, episode 33, we'll see you next week. Love y'all. Be safe. Peace. Love. expressed on the silverback podcast are those of the hosts producers and or the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the federal state or local government this includes but not exclusive to the department of defense and or the baltimore city police department